Amen. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, Jesus be magnified, Jesus be glorified in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for the sweet fellowship we have together in this place. We thank you for your grace and mercy shown to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Those of us who are here today who are saved ones, we're saved by the grace of God and we thank you for it. We celebrate that. And how good it is for us to have just a little time in a place like this where we can gather, sing praise to your name, and express to you how much we love you and appreciate you for all that you do for us. May our lives truly, as Brittany sang, be a pleasing sacrifice to you. Heavenly Father, we now come in worship to hear the word of God and we pray that you might help us to have ears to hear, as the Lord said, let he who has ears, let him hear. I pray that you might help us today, Lord, that we might be able to look at your word and understand what it is you have for us today. We thank you for, we thank you for your glory and your grace revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And so now we ask that you might help us as we worship together and as we hear your word, that we might be doers of your word, not hearers only. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Good to see all of you who are here. If you're a guest with us, I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you uh, joining us this morning. And we're so grateful for Vacation Bible School and how the Lord always uses Vacation Bible School uh, to plant seeds of the gospel in boys and girls' lives. And there's a great response of, of a number of our boys and girls. Perhaps you're like me. I was nine years old when I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And Vacation Bible School had a great impact on my life as well as Sunday school and a Sunday school teacher who shared the gospel uh, with uh, his class. And I'm always grateful for that. And so for the boys and girls who came this week, some <clears throat> of the teachers and others will uh, provide for them a lasting impact on their eternal life. If you have your Bible, Hebrews chapter seven is where we are. We're talking about Jesus Christ, our high priest. I'm speaking to the church now. I'm speaking to the church about the glorious truth that Jesus Christ is our high priest. Oh, this is so important for you to know. It is my desire. It is my burden that you as followers of the Lord Jesus, who are a part of this church, will truly come to understand the depth and the riches and the glory of having the Lord Jesus Christ as our high priest. It will make a difference in your prayer life. It'll make a difference in the way you walk with God. It'll make a difference in the way you live your life day by day. Later in our service, we come to the table of the Lord and, and we'll again celebrate all that the Lord Jesus has done for us that we might have life. Those of you joining us online, may the Lord bless you. We're always glad to have you. And we're sorry that you cannot be here, but we're, <clears throat> we're glad that you have this ability <clears throat> as we have for many years to join us together. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 7, now we break in, <clears throat> beginning in verse, I'm going to read beginning in verse number 24. Give me one moment here. All right. Verse number 24, but Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Verse 25. Therefore, he, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, 
since he always lives to make intercession for them. Let me read verse 25 again. Therefore, he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was fitting for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens, who does not need daily, like those high priests, to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people, because this he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men as high priests who are weak, but the word of the oath which came after the law appoints a son made perfect forever. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our focus today is this truth from Hebrews chapter 7, that Jesus Christ, our great high priest, intercedes. I'm using a very important word, boys and girls, and moms and dads, followers of Jesus. Jesus Christ, our great high priest, intercedes for God's people in heaven forever. Jesus Christ, our great high priest, the high priest of God's people, Christians, believers in Christ, intercedes for God's people in heaven forever. You see, it is the essential duty of a high priest. This was, this was the plan and purpose of God in the design of the priesthood in Israel. It is the design, it is the essential duty of a high priest to intercede for the people of God before God. So there's one who stands between, and we'll say more about that in the days ahead. The priest stands, the high priest stands between God's people and a holy God. And so here we see, remember, let me remind you, the Lord Jesus Christ is alive today. He has risen from the dead. He has ascended to heaven. And now he does his work as high priest. He does his work in, a, in an eternal way. So the focus in Hebrews chapter 7 is about what is forever versus what is temporal. You see, this is the joy of knowing Jesus Christ. When you know Jesus Christ, you come to have, listen, forever life, eternal life. And the Lord said, even if you die, when your body dies, yet you live, you have endless life in knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Well, that all begins. All of life radiates and comes from the glory and majesty and power of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our risen Lord and Savior. He is alive today. I'm speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ, who is my high priest, and you who are believers, high priest, Lord and Savior, who is alive today in a place beyond time and space in heaven. So I ask you today to go with me to heaven in your minds. It'll be hard for some of us because we're so focused and absorbed on things here. It's hard for you even to listen to me right now without being distracted. It takes a while, it takes a while I know, but this is why we have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit and this is why we come here so that we can focus for a while on things that help us with our life. Help us to live our lives honorably for God and help us be ready to die honorably for the Lord. I ask you today, now set your mind on the Lord Jesus Christ who is alive in heaven. Just like some of you would do 
when your friend or your neighbor family, they maybe traveled somewhere. They're still very much alive, but they're just not where you are, but they're alive and you think about where they are in that place. Well, we have the word of God to point to us and remind us today that the Lord Jesus, our high priest, is fully alive. So there are three observations I have for you from these verses. Number one, Jesus Christ lives forever. His priesthood is permanent. Number two, Jesus Christ saves forever whoever comes to God through him. And finally, Jesus Christ intercedes forever for whomever comes to God through him. He lives forever, the Lord Jesus Christ. He saves forever and he intercedes forever. I'll say it again. What is it that we're talking about today? Well, it's in these verses. We've seen it here before us. He lives forever. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. It's the great old song many of us have grown up singing. He lives all of my life, all of your life. Now as believers in Jesus Christ, we have life because he lives. Jesus Christ lives forever and his priesthood is permanent. Look at this in verse number 24. Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever. What's he talking about? Well, he's making a comparison between the Old Testament priests who died. In verse number 23, the former priests, on the one hand, um, existed in greater numbers because they were prevented by death from continuing. There was one high priest after another. This high priest dies. This one takes his, his place. This one comes. But Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever, has a priesthood that is permanent. Now let's go back. Keep your Bible there and look at some verses earlier in uh, Hebrews 7. You see, he lives forever, number one, because his life is indestructible. He has an indestructible life. Read with me in verse number 15 and 16 of Hebrews 7. Just go back. To, you're in Hebrews 7. Just go back a few verses. And this is clearer still. If another priest arises according to the likeness of Melchizedek, speaking about the Lord Jesus, coming like this, this strange figure, this man, Melchizedek, and verse 16, who has become such, not on the basis of a law of physical requirement, but according to the power of an indestructible life, for it is attested of him. This is what God the Father says about God the Son, the Lord Jesus. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, like Melchizedek. You see, our Lord has an indestructible life. Death, death could not kill him. The devil could not destroy him. The Jews and the Romans and the haters could not destroy him. The Lord Jesus' life was an indestructible life. We are and we are saved based on the indestructible life of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are he lives forever and his priesthood is permanent because he is one who has an indestructible life. He lives. He lives forever. He became a high priest according to Melchizedek, the strange priest, king who met Abraham. These earlier verses in Hebrews 7 talk about Abraham meeting with Melchizedek. This man, as we read in verse 3, 
without father, without mother, without genealogy. It does not mean he did not have that. It is a description that though he was not known by Abraham in all of his lineage, he was like, like the Son of God, like Jesus Christ, in that he was a permanent, perpetual priest among the people of God. And now this strange Melchizedek, the Lord Jesus is announced by God as one who follows in the same order, but he is different. He is the living, eternal Lord Jesus Christ. Look today, I'm trying to talk to you about someone that I have a relationship with, and many of you who are followers of Jesus have a relationship with, and it's very real. It's as real as any relationship I have with any person who sits across from me and talks with me, uh, you know, in my experiences on the earth. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ in this way, then sadly you may not be saved. You may not know what it means to know the Lord. So first I must declare to you this again, that the Lord Jesus has become a high priest forever because his life is indestructible. He follows in this pattern of, a pattern of Melchizedek based on the oath of God, verse number 21. In, uh, in chapter 7, we read, For they indeed became priests without an oath, but he with an oath, the oath of God. God sealed and guaranteed that the Lord Jesus would be forever the high priest of God's people. And now he is the guarantee. Look at this in 22 of your Bible, Hebrews 7, 22. Jesus Christ has become the guarantee of a better covenant. There's a better arrangement with God now for how to deal with your sins in your life because of Jesus Christ. He is the guarantee. He is the guarantee. So we'll come today to the table of the Lord and we'll honor and remember the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the sacrifice of his body. What did it take to guarantee that you could be saved? Listen, it took the death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. So he lives today and he continues forever and his priesthood is permanent. I ask you to set your minds in heaven to the glory of that place and realize that today, though we do not understand it, we don't understand all that goes with it. We, we, have, we have these pictures, these glimpses into heaven from the word of God that help us to know certainly that our high priest will always be our high priest forever. We have this eternal relationship with him. Number two, Jesus Christ saves forever. He saves forever whoever comes to him. Now read on. Notice verse 25. Because, verse 24, the Lord Jesus' priesthood is permanent because he lives forever. Now, Paul draws a conclusion. Therefore, because of this eternal permanent priesthood, he is able, listen to me, friend. He is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him. Do you remember the place where you were? When you, for the first time, drew near to God. You see, he's describing here the initial step of being saved. When he talks about drawing near here. Yes, other places we've seen where he talks about drawing near, talking about our prayer life and our worship of God, as we've talked about, because we continue to draw near to God. But one time, you were far off from God. You didn't care about God. You didn't pray. You may still be in this shape, by the way. You don't pray. You're not interested in the word of God. You're not interested in spiritual things. You're really interested in the things of the world. Somehow you've been convinced that these shiny toys and all of these things you see and hear 
are going to get you by. They're not. They're not going to be. You're being fooled. It's fool's gold. But do you remember where you were, my believing friend? I'm asking all of you who are saved like me. Do you remember where you were when you first drew near to God? When you first said, I am a sinner. I've said terrible things. I've offended people greatly. I've sinned against God. I've done things in my life I can't, I can't do over. I've disgraced my own life. I've disgraced my family. I've, I've sinned against God. Do you remember where you were? You see, you never draw near to God until you come to a realization of your sinfulness and of your wickedness. Until you recognize, I must be saved. When you start to feel fear because God might judge you. When you start to feel, feel fear that you might die today without Him. It's the old question we've asked. I've asked many, many times in my life to people about being saved. Are you 100% sure today that if you die, you'll go to heaven? Are you today? You see, this is the question you must settle in your life. It's something that all of us must come to terms with. Jesus Christ saves forever. Notice, whoever draws near to God through Him. You must come if you're going to have a relationship with the unseen God of heaven. You must come through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way to, to be saved. And He saves forever. Please notice this in verse 25. He saves not part of the time. Not a little of the time. He saves, not some of the time. He saves forever those who draw near to Him. You see, once you are saved, you are saved. You are saved once for all when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of your sins. When you're saved forever, that means there's never going to be a time when you're not saved. That means that the Lord Jesus has kept you and He keeps you forever saved. No one shall take them out of my hand. This is the way the Lord said it in the Gospel of John. Talking about the security of being a believer in Jesus Christ. Oh, my certainty. The certainty of my salvation is based not only on the death of Christ, but upon His life. Listen to the way Paul said it. Romans 5.10 For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. That's true. It took the death of Jesus Christ on the cross to reconcile us to God when we believe in Him. Much more having been reconciled, listen, we shall be saved by His life. I want to say something to you, and I don't want you to miss this. You know what keeps you saved all of your life? You know what keeps you saved eternally? Is the living Lord Jesus Christ. Because He is alive, you will be saved forever. He saves us with His life as well as His death. So Jesus Christ lives forever. He lives forever and His priesthood is permanent. That is, He's the one who brings us to God. He is the one who saves us when we draw near to Him. If you're here today and you have not drawn near to God, let us help you. Let us talk with you. Let us help you know, just like we've talked to the boys and girls this week and explained to them what it means for us to have sin in our life and then how to come to Jesus, come to Je drawing near to Jesus. If you're here today as an adult, don't put your pride and your arrogance <clears throat> in front of your need to know Jesus Christ. Let us help you. And finally, this is where I want to just spend a moment and elaborate on a truth that's here. Because in verse 25, He is able to save those who draw near through Him. Look at this. Because He keeps doing something. Because the Lord is doing something, 
even though he died on the cross to save us, he continues to keep us. We continue to be saved. How? Because look at this. He always lives to make intercession for them. Now, let me talk about what this means to, to have a, a high priest like the Lord Jesus Christ who intercedes for us. Go to that next slide, if you would, please. Let's look at this. I want to elaborate on this for just a moment. First of all, the word intercede. What does it mean? This is a word that means that, we, that someone makes the request on behalf of another person and represents them to another. When someone intercedes in a matter, they stand and they represent another person. It can be a, 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 like in a legal condition or it may be some other kind of circumstance, a trustee or someone else. In all of our affairs, nevertheless, it's someone who intercedes. It's someone who steps in between two parties and represents the one party and speaks on behalf of that party to the other party. Here we have the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God who is our intercessor. He always lives to intercede for us. It is by this manner, listen to me, it is by this manner of intercession that we continue to be saved. Why is it? What does he do? Well, number one, when the Lord Jesus intercedes for us, he appears before God, the saints in heaven, the angels of heaven, and he represents those that he has saved. You see, we are now with him there. In the Old Testament, the high priest wore on his chest what was called an ephod, and the ephod had these stones for the 12 tribes. You can read about it in Exodus. All of these beautiful colored stones etched on carefully by the engraver with the name of the tribe. And when the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies once a year, into that holy place representing the people of God, he took with him the names of the people of God, the Lord Jesus. Listen, he carries you. He represents you. You are united to Jesus Christ. You have permanent union with Christ. And when when we understand this, it helps us to have security. You, that's what Paul was saying when he said, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated. Your life is hidden in Christ. What does that mean? You've been united to Christ. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. You're now united to him. And because of that, he appears. What does it mean for him to intercede? He appears uh, representing us before God. The Father, he carries also the power and merit of his blood into the presence of those whom he has saved. Well, what do we see John saying about this? In the book of Revelation, they're looking for someone to open the sealed book. They're looking for someone. No one can open it in heaven and on earth. The sealed book cannot be opened. And all of a sudden, who is the one who steps forward? It is the lamb slain. From the foundation of the world, you see, it is the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that continues to speak on our behalf, even in heaven today. The sacrifice of the Lord Jesus is permanent. This is what Paul was saying in Hebrews 9, if you have your Bible open, Hebrews 9, 11, and 12. When Christ appeared as a high priest of good things to come... He entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation. Verse 12, 9, 12 of Hebrews. And not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, please notice, he entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. He now appears before God representing us. 
We are in Him. He is in us. He now carries the power and merit of His blood into the presence of God. He answers and satisfies the accusations of those against His people. The devil, in some strange way, still brings his accusations against God's people. There is an accuser toward you that you're never good enough to be saved. There is a permanent accuser that you're never good enough to be saved. It's the old devil. He did it to Job. He does it to all God's people. The Lord Jesus now is our intercessor. He is the one who now stands and he answers and satisfies the accusations of the devil that these people aren't worthy to be saved. No, they're saved. Paul says it this way. Who lays anything at the charge of God's elect? Romans 8.33. It is God that justifies. Who is the one who condemns? It is Christ that died, yes, rather is risen again at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. He is the one who represents us before God. He carries the merit of his blood and always stands. The blood of Christ speaks forever in heaven. Greater than the blood of Abel, he answers and satisfies the accusations against us. And he calls for pardon of sin based on his being the advocate for his people. What did John say? First John 2, 1. We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. Look, the Lord Jesus today is not pleading with God the Father to have mercy. He is claiming, he is declaring, he is standing, presenting himself as the substitute and payment for our sin. What's the Lord praying for us today in heaven? How do we understand this? Well, we've, we have this wonderful prayer in part. We have part of this intercession, this eternal intercession of the Lord and His words to the Father found in our Bible. I'm going to ask you for just a moment to turn to John 17. I want you to do it because I want you to know how the Lord Jesus prays for you. You need to know this. Here's an interesting thing. As I pray... As I come in the name of Jesus and pray to God the Father, the Lord is praying in heaven for me as I'm praying, and the Holy Spirit is helping me here as I pray. John 17, read these words. These are words for you as a believer in Jesus Christ. Here are the words that echo into heaven, and this prayer continues to be presented before God the Father on your behalf. I'll just pick up at verse 9, John 17, 9. Let's just listen Let's just listen with amazement to these words that the Lord Jesus prayed for not only his first disciples, but for all of us who have followed in these days since. John 17, 9. I ask on their behalf, I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. I come to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, and I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. But now I come to you. And these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them 
because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone. Listen now for all of you. Listen, my follower, friend. Listen. Listen, follow, fellow believer. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but those who also will believe in me through their their word, that's you, that's me. And that they all may be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The intercession of our Lord. He continues today to appear representing us. He, is, he appears standing there in the blood of Christ and his sacrifice and payment for sin declares our innocence now because we believed in Him. He answers our critics and He calls for pardon. So what do we remember today from these things, my friends? Well, repeating myself, but I want you to hear it. The Lord Jesus Christ lives forever. He is alive today. When you go in prayer and you speak with God the Father, remember you're speaking to God the Father. And as He hears you, we come in the name of the Lord Jesus, who is our high priest. Oh, the glory of knowing that He is interceding for us as we're praying, He's praying for us. He's representing us. He stands for us. The Lord Jesus' intercession is for all of our sins. He saved us from all of our sins, past, present, future. That's right. It's an astounding truth. Your salvation is for all of your sin. He knew all of your sin, and yet He died for your sin. He knew about your sin you have not yet committed. It's the glory of His salvation for us. The Lord Jesus is alive forever so we can be saved forever. There are some of my friends that I talk to who worried desperately about whether they're saved today. They wake up one day and say, well, am I saved? And then tomorrow they say, well, I must not be saved. And they lack assurance. There are some who would criticize and say, well, if you have assurance, that's arrogance. No, it's not arrogance. Assurance of salvation is based upon the unending, indestructible life of the Lord Jesus Christ and His permanent priesthood and the union of the believer forever in Christ. These are the things that hold us in times of trouble. But the last of these things that we must remember and do, I want to push home on you for a moment. You see, Christ is appearing for you, believer, in heaven. How about living for Him on the earth? How about putting your life out there and standing up for the cause of Christ? The world needs Christians who stand and give a testimony and the good confession that Jesus is Lord in a world that is truly coming apart. And will continue to spiral out of control until the Lord Jesus comes. Christ appears for you in heaven. Now live for Him on the earth. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near. I warn you every week, I hope you're ready to meet the Lord. I hope you're ready. The Lord is near into the door. And we say, as we'll say in a moment at the Lord's Supper, come Lord Jesus.